Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by our Southeast Division expert, Nima Zavadzadeh, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Hawks, Heat, Hornets, Magic, and Wizards. Nima, starting us off, who's been hot in this division? The Atlanta Hawks, man. They're on an eight-game win streak, and they're 8-0 and under Nate McMillan. Uh, right now, the Hawks are the four seed. Uh, they're 22-20. They have the ninth-best offense. They're second in offensive rebounding percentage, and they're number one in free throw rate. Uh, in the last three games, they beat Houston 119 to 107. Danilo Gallinari's been bouncing back. He had 29 in that game. And Nathan Knight had 15 points off the bench. He's only played 15 games in, uh, in the NBA, but he had a solid game that game. Um, but Trey Young struggled against Houston and bounced back the next night against OKC. Uh, beat them 116 93. Trey Young, 23 points, nine assists, six rebounds. And uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, 23 points off the bench. So he's coming a little bit back into form. Finally, they beat the Lakers, uh, 99 to 94. Unfortunately, in that game, LeBron James got hurt, and he's going to be out indefinitely. Uh, Solomon Hill collided with his ankle during a loose ball. But, you know, game goes on, and Atlanta ended up winning. John Collins had 27 points. And, you know, great timing for John Collins to show out as he's the guy in the trade deadline rumors. The trade deadline's coming up this Thursday. Uh, Collins is still on the block and it was uh, announced by the athletic earlier this weekend that Collins was offered to Minnesota for Malik Beasley and a first round pick, uh, but Minnesota declined. So it's going to be interesting to see what Collins worth is in the, in the trade market uh, earlier in the, in the season, it was said that Atlanta wanted a lottery pick or two late first round picks. Um, and so we'll see if any, if any teams really offer that up. Uh, their next three games are against the Clippers, Sacramento, and Golden State. Uh, hopefully, they can keep the streak going. But under Nate McMillan, this looks like a different Hawks team. They look like the Hawks team I thought they'd be at the beginning of the season. Moving on to the Heat, they were playing pretty well until until just about recently. Do you think they have a, a chance at uh, really getting it together before the uh, as as we near the end of the season? I think so. Uh, they, so they're two and three in their last five games where they've lost three straight. And right now they're the five seed, 22 and 21. The good thing about the Heat is that they have the fifth best defense in the league. And they just now helped that defense by trading Myers Leonard to OKC for Trevor Ariza. Um, in their last three games, though, you know, they lost to Memphis 85 to 89. They lost that game because of their bench. Uh, the bench got outscored by 13 points. And then against Indiana, they lost 137 to 110. And that came from just poor shooting from their shooters. Duncan Robinson, two for nine. Tyler Hero was four for 15. And Kelly Olynyk was two for 11. And they lost again to, uh, to Indiana, 109 to 106. They're going to need Tyler Hero to bounce back up and be the Tyler Hero he was in the bubble. And they're going to need their shooters to be, to be the shooters that they are. This Miami Heat team revolves around their shooters being in form. And they revolve around Bam Adebayo. And every time Bam Adebayo has gone on the bench in the last three games, the team has struggled. Uh, in the last three games, they've been minus 18, minus 20, and minus 25, respectively, when Bam goes to the bench. So it's going to be interesting to see what Miami does. They have a lot of options come trade deadline. They have a lot of movable contracts. Um, and, you know, if you ask any kind of insider, look at any kind of article, uh, you'll see that Miami's in for everybody. So we'll see what they do and if they'll make a move. Uh, their next three games are against Phoenix, Portland, and Charlotte. Phoenix and Portland will be tough, but Charlotte will be without LaMelo Ball. So we'll see what happens in Miami. Transitioning over from the Heat to the Hornets, um, obviously la last night the news around the league was all about LaMelo Ball and his fractured wrist. Um, with him sidelined for the rest of the season most likely, what do you see this team uh, and the Hornets doing being that they were on such a roll before he got hurt? 
Yeah, I mean, they were doing decent, uh, but they've lost their last three games by double digits. So, you know, how much is LaMelo Ball being out really going to hurt them? I think it's going to hurt them more in the long run. But the last three games, they've been in poor form. Uh, they lost to the Nuggets and then one, uh, 129 to 104. And the Nuggets shot 58% from the field, almost 67% effective field goal percentage. They lost to the Lakers 116 to 105. And even though Ball had a good game with 26 points, the team had 19 turnovers and Ball had six of them. And then against the Clippers, uh, even though LaMelo got hurt, you know, they were just outclassed. And, you know, it was a team effort by the Clippers. The team's priorities have changed. With LaMelo, they look like a top eight team uh, in the East. And now without LaMelo, it, it, it could be very tough, especially with Terry Rozier being in trade rumors, Devontae Graham being in trade rumors. Uh, there's been rumors about them possibly going after Miles Turner, but that might be different now with LaMelo Ball out. So it's going to be interesting to see what Charlotte does. Are they going to push to really make the playoffs even with LaMelo Ball out? Or are they going to just call it a season and pack it up, get it a good player and run it back next year? Either way, Charlotte has to be happy with what they've done so far this season, especially with, with how LaMelo's played. It's very unfortunate that he's out. Uh, he was the front runner for rookie of the year. He was my pick for rookie of the year. But Charlotte just has to look forward and see what's going to happen next. Next up, they have San Antonio, Houston, Miami. All three of those games are winnable, even with 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 Lamelo out. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps up next for Charlotte. Is it going to be Devontae Graham again? Is it going to be Terry Rozier? Uh, or is it going to be Gordon Hayward? Uh, Gordon Hayward has had a great year. He has been kind of down lately, but with him kind of being the focal point again in Charlotte, there's a decent chance that he could he could bounce back up. And then on the similar theme of teams that were doing really well, maybe taking a slip in, in, in their most recent games or in the upcoming games, the Wizards, after having a great win streak, have been uh, really have seemed to kind of sputter in the last few games. Um, do you think they'll be able to find the groove back that really got them to striking distance of a playoff, of a playoff spot? Yeah, the Wizards, it's, it's just tough. So far this season, they've had the second hardest schedule. Luckily for them, they have the second easiest schedule for the rest of the year. But right now, they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10, but they're 13th in the East. So, you know, the season is getting shorter and shorter. We're 41 games through the season for the Wizards, 31 left to go. You still have time to start winning these games, but it's got to start now. They're number one in pace. They're number one in free throw rate. These are good things, but they're 27th in defense. So the defense really needs to shore up. Luckily for them, Russ is in good form. Uh, he has had a triple-double in four of his last five games, a double-double in 18 of his last 20. The Wizards really showed a flash of the team they could be earlier this week whenever they beat Utah by nine. Uh, Bradley Beal had 43 points. You see, you see a team that like is extremely talented, on the court and just very well fitting off the court. Uh, you know, they, they have a good locker room, especially with Russ in that locker room. Everybody has talked about how great of a teammate Russ is. It would be very unfortunate to see this team not in the playoffs. They need to start winning games now. And so for the trade deadline, there's talks about Davis Bertans being on the block. He's probably their most movable contract. Uh, what they get back for him, it'll be interesting to see. I think they need more shooting. Uh, they need a few other guys who are smarter on-ball players. Uh, I would think probably like a Terrence Ross, someone who can score for themselves outside of Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, uh, someone that doesn't need to be set up for their shot. And I think that should be the target for the Wizards, as well as some type of size. Uh, Thomas Bryant, obviously still out with ACL injury. Robin Lopez and Mo Wagner are holding it down in the center position, as well as, you know, Bertans. 
And so now they have the Knicks coming up twice. The Knicks are one of the best defenses in the league. Detroit after that, and Detroit's one of the worst teams in the league, but they did have a big game against Houston earlier this week. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Wizards do. I think they need to go on a win streak. And with Russ and Bradley Beal, man, anything is possible. But unfortunately, the only thing that's been possible so far is a lot of losses. So wrap things up with a team that's really since the beginning of the season with all the injury, with the injury bug has been struggling really the whole time. Can, can you tell us a little about the magic? And if you think there's any hope for them um, in these next few weeks to salvage any, any, any semblance of a, of a winning season? Uh, unfortunately, I will have to say no. Uh, I do not think that there's any way the magic can turn this around. Right now, they're 14 and 28, 14th seed in the, in the East. And it's not looking pretty. They're one in 10 in their last. 11 uh that one win was against brooklyn so you know looks nice but it took aaron gordon getting a season high of 38 and evan fournier also scoring score uh, and evan fournier also scoring 31 points for them to beat brooklyn and they only won by eight and you got to remember brooklyn doesn't have kd so they're just not really a good team man and they, they're dealing with injuries vucevic is is uh still vucevic and still playing but it's it's very tough the system in orlando needs aaron gordon to be a secondary or third uh, tertiary scorer uh and i just don't see him as that kind of guy and it looks like he might be out of um out of orlando soon the athletic reported earlier this morning that there was a, almost a finalized deal uh, that would send Aaron Gordon to Houston and Oladipo to Orlando. Although it fell through, now apparently there's some pushback from Aaron Gordon. He doesn't want to go to Houston. He wants to go to a playoff contender. And he has officially asked for a trade. So it's going to be interesting to see what Orlando does in, in at the trade deadline. They have a very young core of uh, Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac, and Markel Fultz moving forward. However, all three of those core are out for, for extended periods of time. Markel Fultz and... Jonathan Isaac out for the season. Vucevic, you know, they could move him right now. He has great value, but at the same time, like, do you want to move a guy who is arguably one of the best players in the history of your franchise? It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Orlando at the deadline, who they move, what they move. They also have guys like Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier who are on decent contracts that can help a contender. Orlando has always been one of those teams to me that is very talented uh, but just can't get it going. Uh, to me, they are they are the bad version of Indiana, where at every position you have a above average player who is extremely talented. Although Indiana is very good at winning games, unfortunately Orlando is not. Uh, and you know what sucks for them is they're one in ten in their last eleven. Their next five games is one of the toughest stretches in the NBA. They're playing Denver, Phoenix, Portland, and then the Lakers and the Clippers. Both the Lakers and Clippers in LA. So it's going to be very, very, very tough for Orlando. Uh, that five games could easily be another five-game losing streak. Uh, that would put them at 14 and 33 and in a deep, deep hole. Uh, I think they can probably steal maybe one or two of those games. I don't think that they can win out. I don't think that they can get a winning percent uh, above 500 winning percentage out of this five. Um, I don't think that they're going to be a top 10 seed in this play or uh, in the standings this year. And I think they need to start getting ready for some Cade Cunningham or uh, Evan Mobley jerseys down there in Orlando. Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by our Southwest Division expert, Curtis Johnson, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Grizzlies, Mavericks, Spurs, Pelicans, and Rockets. Curtis, the Grizzlies are staying right there in the hunt for the numbers 10, 9, 8 seeds in the Western Conference. How do you see them really making a push as we get close to the end of the season? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, the main thing. You have everybody healthy aside from, you know, Jaron. Uh, everybody's back healthy. And I think now it's just trying to figure out uh, – Coach Jenkins has to figure out, like, what rotation he's going to use. That started a little bit this week with him, you know, putting Desmond Bain back on the bench and starting Grayson Allen again. Grayson had been doing well starting until he got his concussion against the Clippers uh, before the All-Star break. Hopefully, you know, Des, sure, he's going to still bring uh, the power punch off the bench. I think he had 15, 18 points Saturday against the Golden State Warriors, so still not a slow up in his game coming up off the bench. Jonas, he's continuing to dominate the board. He's had double-digit rebounds in the last four out of five games. He's currently now ranked third in the NBA in rebounds, averaging 12.1 a game. Ja willed them to a win against the Miami Heat, hit a go-ahead layup. He finished the game with 13 points, six assists, and uh, four rebounds. And uh, I think, you know, they just got to keep playing together what they're doing and everybody just, you know, going to buy into their role. I think everybody's going to be good. And I think at, when it's all said and done, they will finish between the, uh, you know, eight, nine, 10, possibly seven spot when everything's said and done. Seven spot will definitely be huge for this team. And one of the teams that's occupying one of those spots and, and really holding them off is the Dallas Mavericks, who are also in your division. Um, how do you think the Mavericks can keep the distance from the Grizzlies um, as well as some of the other teams that are really making a push. Yeah, definitely. I, th I think the same thing that's key for the Grizzlies is going to be key for the Mavericks, and that's health. Uh, and with them, it's going to be Christoph Pazingas. Uh, he's, I think, believe he's only missed one game since the All-Star break has returned, which is good for him. He had a win. In the win against the Clippers, he finished with a double-double, 11 points, 13 rebounds. Luka, he finished with 42 points, 9 assists, and 6 rebounds in the win against the Clippers. With LeBron and Joel out, I look for him to make a late push into the MVP race. I don't think he'll win it. I think he'll finish like third, fourth place. But I think he's definitely going to make a run because it is wide open with both of those guys hurt and out for the foreseeable future. And on top of that, I think uh, Luka and them are going to move up in the Western Conference. I see them uh, potentially getting in the uh, six or five seed, uh, going uh, leapfrogging the Denver Nuggets and possibly, well, and the San Antonio Spurs. I see them leapfrogging both of them. I, I really see uh, Dallas moving up in the rankings and somebody to watch. Tim Hardaway, he's been averaging 20 points in the last three games. Maybe good that on your fantasy team. Another guy, I think he's going to be uh, in the running for uh, sixth man of the year with Jordan Clarkson. He may finish second. I think Clarkson's going to finish first, but I think Tim Hardaway's name will be in the uh, hat, as you would say, when it comes to the names of the top three people that you would be voting for. And like I said, I look for them to move up in the standings. It's going to be fun to watch them play. Luke was always fun to watch play, and Pazinga's helping the sky's the limit for this team. Definitely. And then a team that's on a different, on a whole different track than these other two teams is the Houston Rockets, who have been on a 20-game losing streak. It's not looking good. Is there any way you think they can try to salvage a season after being the only team ever to um, franchise ever to have a 20-game winning streak and a 20-game losing streak? They've really had a lot of change and in, in, in variability. What do you think they could do to kind of just salvage something out of this season? Yeah, I, I honestly think it's going to be key. Uh, I think it started with dealing P.J. Uh, Tucker to the Milwaukee Bucks, which I called last week as one of the teams I thought he would fit best with. Uh, I think it's going to be a tremendous fit over there with Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday. I think he's going to fit well over there. Good situation for him. And I, I kind of think the same situation is going to apply. Like, you got to figure out, you know, who, who are you going to have moving forward? Obviously, I would say Christian Wood, good to go. He's uh, definitely a guy you want to keep around. He's playing well above, I'm sure, what they paid in the contract for him and expectation. You got to figure out, is John Wall somebody you want? Because I believe he still has uh, one or two years left on that big contract he signed with the Washington Wizards. Is he a guy you want to move forward with? Is Victor Oladipo a guy you want to move uh, forward with? Because his contract expired his offseason. Do you want to trade him now 
try to get some assets for the draft because people forget, but they trade a lot of their draft assets away, getting Russell Westbrook, players James Harden want, you know, trade Clint Capello away. They trade a lot of their draft picks. So now you got to figure out we're in rebuilding mode. So who do we want to keep? And I think that starts with keeping Christian Woods and potentially, you know, I definitely think they should deal, deal Victor Oladipo in a trade and draft pick, um, a young player. And I, me personally, I think I would keep John Wall. I think he's good to have around. I think he still can play. And, uh, you know, it's I think it's just more of him buying into the rebuild because how many times does he want to do this? I'm sure he wants to compete for a championship or be on a playoff caliber team. So we, we will see. Uh, I think the first thing they need to do is get off this 20-game losing streak. Uh, they haven't won a game since they beat the Memphis Grizzlies, and that's when Christian Wood got hurt. Well, on a positive note as well, they have all of their players healthy outside of uh, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon was out 46 weeks with the groin injury. So that's a good sign. As far as fantasy go, I couldn't tell you who to put in because it seems like the rotation changes every game. I look at a box score. Just hope, hopefully they get off this loose streak sooner than later and get some of the morale up on the team. So moving back to one of those teams making it, that's really in need of a, in dire need of a strong push in the second half of the season. What are you really seeing from the Pelicans who are a team that everyone kind of really expects to be in that eight, nine, 10 range, but really they have a lot of work to do to, to make sure they can get to that point. Yeah. Pelicans first off, they're going to have to start winning some games. They lost the game that they should have won. I actually watched this game in the fourth quarter. They lost to the Portland Trailblazers the first game, I believe by two points. They were up like the entire full quarter with like a minute to go and just making knucklehead mistakes, missed some free throws. Uh, Lonzo Ball, he had a career high, 17 assists in that game as well. I'm sure he would have rather got the win, but they they just got to, you know, bottom line, got to win. They got to learn to close out games. Uh, they just didn't look good uh, in that game. And they've had some more games like that where the lead has just gotten away, missing free throws and other things. So they, they got to figure things out because – with the Grizz, and they got to have some luck, you know, with the Memphis Grizzlies losing some games, and you want the Spurs to lose some in Dallas because that's who was in front of you. And the Grizzlies and Spurs had the most games left. So you're going to have to hope both of those teams start losing and not winning more games than they're uh, losing. So Pelicans, they need to get on the win streak. Like I said, they get on three, four game win streaks and, you know, maybe be losing one, one or two here and there if they want to uh, have a chance at playing in the playoff, the play in game in the playoffs. Lonzo Wall, he had a good game against the Clippers. They had a dominant performance. He finished with 20 points, five, six, and eight rebounds. As I said earlier, he had, he had a career high assist against the Blazers with 17. Uh, he didn't play in the Denver game, which was tonight. I know it's supposed to be on next week's episode, but he didn't play tonight because I believe they said it was a knee injury or something, knee tendonitis. He didn't play tonight. So that's something you want to look at to see how long he's out. Good news for them is they won without Lonzo. Brendan Ingram and Zion both finished the game with 30 points against the Nuggets. But I definitely know they want Lonzo back. So let's hope it's not a it's just a minor injury because his brother Lamelo's out for the rest of the uh, year. He suffered a wrist injury today, and they said reports Woj and Sham say he's probably going to be out the rest of the year. So let's hope that's not the case for Lonzo. Just something minor, and he'll be back next game. So the Spurs being in the seventh spot, um, still with 40 games left to play, just like the Grizzlies, um, they're really all, all of these teams in, in your division are kind of right there, um, really, really trying to separate themselves. What can the Spurs, they've been a model of consistency. How can they heat up at the end of the season and really distance themselves? I think the most important key, they finally got, you know, DeMar DeRozan back. His uh, father passed a couple of weeks ago. So good to see that he's back on the court. I hope that everything's going well for him off the court as well. He, he's going to be key for them with LaMarcus Aldridge still, 
hanging in the balance, you know, of what they're going to do with him. Are they going to buy him out or trade him? DeMar's going to be keeping him. He's the vet up on the team. He's averaging 20 points, five rebounds, eight assists a game right now. He's going to be key for them to go on win streaks and not get on a lot of losing streaks and knock themselves out of the seventh spot. You know, just fall down into that that play-in game, being in nine to ten where you got to win two games instead of one. He's going to be key. Uh, another positive thing for the Spurs that happened, Keldon Johnson, he's the first Spurs since Tim Duncan to record a 2020 game. Uh, he finished with 23 points, 21, 21 rebounds against the Cavaliers. He looked phenomenal out there. Spurs sure do know how to pick him in the draft. Like I said, they're just waiting on this LaMarcus Aldridge situation. What they're going to do with him, is he going to get bought out or is he going to get traded? Me personally, I think he's probably going to get bought out. I can't see him trading a draft pick or anything for him this point in his career and uh as i said last week i think some good teams for him to go to blazers boston miami lakers and toronto i don't know so much about the lakers right now with lebron out and ad they may look to uh, get a younger guy you know they can play the uh three through five position you know positionless basketball these days so honestly i'm thinking uh best fit for him right now uh because nurk is probably going to come back for the blazers it's probably going to be uh boston or Miami. 